I was kind of drawn to uh, Jeremiah 35, and this is this is the um, uh, portion of scripture that talks about the Rechabites a little bit, and and in terms of, of thinking about this this whole concept that was talked about earlier in a week about waiting for God to work, there was some truths that come out of Jeremiah 35 that just kind of jumped out at me last night. So um, bear with me; this isn't very well prepared, but we'll we'll kind of dive in here and, and see what God has. Um, there's there's not a lot known about the Rechabites. Um, you know, if we look at, at biblical history, they kind of go back to to Jethro, um, the father-in-law of Moses, and um, the descendants of Jethro um, came from the area of Jericho and, and kind of lived in the wilderness um, in, in the south of Judah. And Rechab himself was a, was a father to Jonadab, um, who actually supported Jehu and uh, his purge of the Baal prophets in 2 Kings 10. And from that time, they really remained a nomadic people. Um, they were known for their strict rules to abstain from wine, uh, from building houses, from sowing seed, and from planting vineyards. Um, and Jeremiah 35, 6 and 7 tells us about this. Um, and they were faithful. They, they sort of followed these rules through generations. And from, from what we record in, in the Bible, we find that from the time of Jehu and 2 Kings to the time of Jeremiah, which was over 200 years, and they remained faithful to their calling and to the, uh, to the commandments of their father, Achim. So the events that are recorded in Jeremiah 35 kind of occur during the reign of Jehoiakim um, following that initial invasion of Nebuchadnezzar. And this invasion prompted the Rechabites to move or relocate to Jerusalem. And Jeremiah brings them into the temple um, for a test that others are to witness as a lesson in faithfulness. Um, we know very little bit, little about the persons that are mentioned in um, verses 3 and 4. Um, Messiah, who was probably the father of Zephaniah the priest, he, he oversaw the money given to the, to, to the temple for repair. Um, the rest of those that observed, um, we can maybe assume that um, they were probably the religious leaders of the day. We don't really know, but there was a group of people that were brought in to, to see um, what happened here in verse 35 or in chapter 35. And Jeremiah does something that seems kind of strange. He sets wine before the Rechabites and tells them to drink in verse five. And it seems like kind of an innocuous request, but there are three very interesting truths that come from this. Uh, first of all, that they are a separated people. Um, Jonadab had apparently given very strict commands to descendants, to their lifestyle. Um, verses 6 to 10 really tell us about this. Instead of settling down in houses and cultivating fields, they were to dwell in tents as nomads. Um, we're not given the reasons for the commandments. Um, you know, perhaps Jonadab was concerned over the fact that God had prophesied that once the people of Israel settled into private homes, as they took the land, and lands, they would become a forgetful of God because of their abundance. And maybe he wished to, to avoid that. Um, he also commanded them to avoid wine. Again, maybe motivated, motivated by the restrictions against alcohol in the Nazarite vow, or maybe there were other things that he had witnessed. But whatever the reason was, they, they chose to remain separated from, from something that their culture participated in. In any case, Jeremiah 35 does not say that God approved of these restrictions. Um, the Bible doesn't specifically condemn any of these things, building houses, farming, alcohol. I mean, there, there's, this is really more about a lesson of, of obedience. Um, and the, the Rechabites were prepared to obey um, a human ancestor who had died many years before. So how much more should, 
should the, the people of Judah be willing to separate themselves and be obedient to God? So again, we, we see they were separated. We find here they're tempted a bit. Um, in verse 35, or verse 5 of chapter 35, Jeremiah calls them in. He sets wine before them and says, drink. Um, here they were invited by a holy prophet of God uh, to partake in wine in a consecrated place in the temple. And it's easy to find people who will look at this circumstance around them and say, you know, must be all right to do this. We're being, this is being taught. It's being something we're being asked to do. Um, even though if they were in a different set of circumstances, they would never agree to do this. But what we find is even though they were tempted to do something that they were commanded by their father not to do, they had taken that vow to obey the commands and they took it rather seriously and remained true to the commitment. Um, you know, they didn't give in, they didn't turn away. Um, they continued to, to, to follow um, the, the, the outline or the guidelines that their father had given. And in the world we live, I, I think we can apply this because God's commandments don't change. I mean, granted, we're, we're comparing the commandments of a man here, Jonah Dad, to the commandments of God. It's two different levels here of obedience, but God's commands don't change either. His truth uh, doesn't change from because of time or because of circumstances. And to obey his word um, will keep us on solid ground. So we, we need to take that commitment to Christ seriously and realize there are non-negotiable standards here of separation, even though others might view it as permissible. And so like the Rechabites, we may, we may be tested by God to see what, what happens, what really remains in us. One thing that is of note here is Jeremiah, when he put the wine before him, he did not say the Lord says drink this. Notice that that the way that it was promoted to them or given to them was just said drink. And I, I think that's a, a realization or, or something we can be thankful for is God will not tempt us above what we can handle. So even though we are separated and we are tempted, God puts limits on that, and he gives us some protection. But the third thing that comes out of this, I think, is maybe most important or most uh, encouraging to me is they are a remembered people. In verses 18 and 19, Jeremiah said to them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because ye have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father, and have kept all his precepts from the time according to all he commanded you, therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not lack a man to stand before me forever. Um, and that prophecy was somewhat fulfilled because after the return of captivity from Babylon, and we, we look at um, the genealogy in 1 Chronicles 2, um, we find that the Rechabites take on some of the profession of being scribes, an occupation that was almost exclusively set aside for the Levites. And Eusebius also quotes um, as mentioning there was a Rechabite priest uh, protesting the martyrdom during the time that James was killed uh, in the temple. So it kind of indicates that at the time of Jesus, the Rechabites were still involved in temple worship. So we, we see that prophecy that God did not forget them. He, he honored them for their, their strict obedience, even though it was to the laws of man. He honored them for being faithful and following through on those commandments. So when we, we think about that in today's culture, um, we really are in a time of waiting. We're, we're waiting for God to move. We're waiting for God to answer. We're waiting for the return of Jesus. We're, we're waiting in a world that seems to be racing toward hell with seemingly no, no concern whatsoever of the condemnation that's coming or the consequences that God's gonna, going to give them. And at times, 
maybe it's just me, but at times I, I kind of get this overwhelming feeling that we're facing a losing battle and, and can start to be really discouraged. But when we look at at this, and we look at the fact that, that they were a separated people, they were tempted, but, but look at the fact that they were remembered. Um, we, we should be encouraged and take heart. Um, the Rechamites lived through very evil times, and yet they remained faithful to their father's commandment. And, and if God will make a promise to those who followed the vows of a 200-year-old ancestor, what will he do for us who follow the vows and have been washed in the blood of Christ? Um, you know, if they remembered, they were remembered in things that they did that were relatively little. And I think we can take confidence. And as we go to pray today um, and we think about our week, I don't know where each of you are, but I think we can also take courage in this. If God will remember those who did so little, he will remember us. And I think we can take courage in that. And we can be thankful uh, for that because of, of what Jesus has done. And he, he will reward the faithfulness. So with that, um, I'll just encourage us to, as we go to prayer, let's, let's be thankful, let's be appreciative, let's be encouraged of what God, God will do.